galaxy far, far away. And a bookshelf straight out of the 90s. From Theron to Dantooine, and everything in between. This is Legends Look Back. Hello everybody and welcome to Legends Look Back, a show brought to you by Utini.com, the Star Wars podcast for people. This is the exact same introduction I did last week. Oh, come on. Let's start it over. <laughs> no. I forgot to change the text. That's a shame. All right, see if I can come up with one on the fly. Um, okay, great. Welcome everybody to Legends Look Back, a show brought to you by Utini.com, a Star Wars podcast for people who got the special editions under the Christmas tree in 1998, where we talk about all things Star Wars Legends, celebrating our rich EU history, as well as diving into lesser-known Star Wars classics. I'm your host, Jared Mays, who's now sweating from that <laughs> mistake. And today I'm joined once again by Freddie C. What is up, Freddie? Hey, everyone. How's it going? We we're... Are you rocking a Boba Fett jacket? <laughs> yeah, look at this. That's great. awesome, man. It's fantastic. Uh, it's really cold right now for me. Uh, you know, a, a solid 60. <laughs> in California. Yeah, it's cold in California. I believe you. Uh, but yeah, I, I, uh, I feel, I felt it was very, you know, fitting for, for the occasion. So I figured I might Absolutely. Well. Man, I feel like I need to drive to California just to rob Freddie. Um, <laughs> Oh, they can't see the jacket, Freddie. We when you when you changed your, uh, your oh, setup, no. Meg, Meg's gonna have I, to move yeah, you around. Yeah, I'm working on it. No, Freddie, go back I... to go back. <laughs> Freddie's upside down, everybody. I was going to fix it. Oh. Yeah, well, Meg will fix you, Freddie. Don't do anything. Everyone, um, remain calm. Everything is fine. <laughs> well, not only is it me and Freddie who is ruining everything, uh, but we are, of course, as you have heard her voice already, joined by the Lady of Legends herself, Meg Dowell. Meg, uh, how many Star Wars books did you buy this week? Uh, technically, <laughs> sorry, I can never remember where my camera is now. It's over here. Um, <laughs> what is happening? Uh, tech- We've gone through a big transition on the show. There's a lot to keep up with. It, it, yeah, every, everything's great. Um, I technically bought two because, um, from a certain point of view, came out this week. Oh, yeah, um, that was not in my list. Forgot about that one too. And then, um, Oh, what's it called? Uh, the Jedi Mind? Is that what it's called? Um, oh, yeah, the, the little, one where Heather does yoga. Yeah, that one. Um, I just got it today because that's just how Amazon is now, I guess. That's cool. Um, but yeah, but here is like the the new giant book. Can you see it? What is happening? Um, I'll see it eventually. <laughs> they'll they'll see well, it before you, I will. You can't see it. But um, <laughs> it's a big book and it's really good so far. Well, what is it? Did you did you say what it was? Or are you just like holding it up and hoping that eventually I'm going to see it? From a certain point of view, the Empire oh, oh, Strikes oh, oh, Back. Yeah. yeah, okay, sorry. Um, hey, I've got a lot of Star Wars going on in my life right now. I mean, give me a break. We're, we started off with talking about The Return of the Jedi. Tonight we're talking about The Empire Strikes Back. I've been deep in that world. Let's just say this much. I've been laughing like Yoda all week, if you know what I'm saying. Um, it's just I'm deep in that world. <laughs> um uh, Rebecca told me, my wife told me not to do my Yoda impression on the show. She told me explicitly not to do it. Um, and as always, I did not do what she said. Um, I also got some new Star Wars books. Uh, here's a, a Utini fave I realized was one of the last 10 Legends paperbacks I didn't own. And now firmly belongs in my collection, in the flesh, this copy of I, Jedi. 
uh, where Luke is dazing off into the distance, and uh, Cornhorn is looking stubborn and fly right there on the cover. And then a couple others that I actually blame Freddy for. I got, <laughs> I can't even hold these things up. They're so big. Star Wars panel to panel. They are um, the like, collections of cover art from the uh, the Dark Horse comics. And there's even a picture of slimy naked Palpatine in one of these. And I'll find it. And I cannot wait for us to talk about these one of these days. It's going to be awesome. Here's some for Skuma Joe from the Night Sealed Republic comics. Uh, how about you, Freddie? Did you get any new Star Wars books? I did. I did. Uh, I'll try to see where, if I can find the actual camera location. But I, I bought <laughs> one of the original releases of the Empire Strikes Back novelization. Uh, published May 1980. So, yeah, it's nice. I, I, Man, that cover is gorgeous. Is that the Gone with the Wind cover? <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> it is. I don't know if you can see that. Last last night in the uh, what are we calling those live streams that uh, Tom from Delray has been hosting with the authors from uh, from a certain point of view, Empire Strikes Back. Uh, John Jackson Miller waxed poetic about the original trilogy, which is my favorite hobby is listening to John Jackson Miller wax poetic about the original trilogy. And he talked about the meaning in doing that Gone with the Wind style cover. And, uh, oh, I mean, I, I was like ready to go outside and run a marathon. I was so excited after listening to him talk about that. And you know, uh, the Empire Strikes Back is in our consciousness right now. We had this brand new book. It's a canon book, so we're not going to talk about it much tonight. But you know what? It, it begs the question, well, what does Legends have to say about these side characters and the behind the scenes, the before and after, uh, the expanded universe of The Empire Strikes Back for what it was for, what, uh, 40 years, almost, uh, 35 years. And tonight we're going to be diving deep into The Empire Strikes Back and The Expanded Universe. We're going to be talking about what happened in Legends before The Empire Strikes Back. We're going to be talking about what happened in Legends after The Empire Strikes Back. We're going to be talking about the characters of The Empire Strikes Back, the locations of The Empire Strikes Back, and probably other stuff that I just can't remember off the top of my head. Uh, You ready for this, Freddy? Let's do it. Man, I could not be more excited. Uh, First and foremost, when we're thinking about what is the greatest film ever made, do you think it is, Freddy? I mean, what could possibly rival it? I've I've got, like, you know, ten movies that, if I'm having a bad day, are what I turn on before anything else. But um, I, I think critically, and I realize I'm biased, I'm a, I've got my own Star Wars podcast. I mean, is there any way around thinking that The Empire Strikes Back is the greatest movie ever made? I know we've got Adam with us. He might say, what, Phantom Menace? Um, <laughs> but what do you think, Freddie? Is it the best ever? Yeah, it's definitely my favorite. It always has been. And that was even before I knew everybody else liked it. So it, it's pretty legitimate for me to, as a kid, to just continuously watch Empire Strikes Back over and over and over and over. And in yeah, my totally. opinion, I feel like a lot of what we see in pop culture comes from Empire Strikes Back, right? Sure. So I just always related to that. I feel like it was, yeah, we had Star Wars. It introduced Star Wars to the fans. And then Empire Strike Back re- uh, introduced Star Wars to the masses. That's how I feel about it. You know, I think one of my earliest memories... It's hard to know exactly where this ranks in the timeline of my earliest memories. It's definitely, you know, top five earliest memories is my mom asking me, you know, son, which which is your favorite Star Wars movie? And I remember thinking, oh, I can have a favorite? <laughs> I remember thinking, uh, you know, I just really like watching those snow speeders 
whip around the AT-ATs. It's just a ton of fun when it goes between the legs and it falls down and Luke crashes and he gets out with a lightsaber. Um, I mean, uh, you got Obi-Wan going, do you want to dig about system? I mean, it's just an absolutely flawless movie. And um, it wasn't until I got deep into my Legends fandom that I came to realize that there is a lot that's fleshed out about this movie. There's also a lot that's not fleshed out about this, which is why we've got so much fun with a book like From a Certain Point of View. Uh, you know, when it comes to The Empire Strikes Back and Legends, the fact of the matter is there's there's a, a lot of content set between A New Hope and Empire Strikes Back. But if you think about it, uh, there's also a ton of material after Return of the Jedi. But there's one gap there uh, with those six, nine months, a year. Uh, Trevor's not here, so I can say whatever number I want. Um, he's our timeline guy. Um, there's not a ton of Legends material between Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi, is there, Freddy? No, no, there there really isn't. It's it's almost like a like a dead zone, right? It's it's really interesting. Yeah. Except for one glaring, massive exception. <laughs> one of the biggest Legends multimedia. Uh, stories there oh, ever gosh. was in Shadows of the Empire, yeah. and we'll talk about that. But before we get to that, we've got to start off with an infamous book on Legends Look Back. That is, The Empire Strikes Back Before the Empire Ever Struck Back. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> We're talking about Splinter of the Mind's Eye. I said it. I said the words. Uh, the episode's now cursed. <laughs> we just talked about one of the most, I'm going to say the worst Legends books. We'll say one of the uh, the more off-kilter Legends books, because we're all about positivity here at Utini. Um, you know, this is one of the things we talked about. I believe it was episode eight of Legends Look Back. They're now now all available um, for the public on Patreon, so you can check that out if you haven't heard it yet. It was a ton of fun. I mean, how how crazy was it, Freddie, that we had Heather on the show, and yet there was not a single curse word or dirty joke? Oh, man, yeah. I, I always think about that. <laughs> I... It's like the greatest miracle it. in the history of Utini. <laughs> I don't know how we did it. <laughs> it was she was an awesome guest, but uh, what was almost as awesome, except for not at all, was the actual book itself. Um, you know, I I've done a lot of torturous things. I mean, I used to work twelve hour days in uh, Arkansas summers uh, doing manual labor uh, with people that didn't speak my own language. And you know what? This was a more painful experience than that was trying to read Splinter of the Mind's Eye. But, you know, one of the major questions that was raised by this book is the fact that, you know, this was supposed to be the, the low-budget sequel to Star Wars if Star Wars was only moderately to not successful, <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, so, you know, in your opinion, Freddie, in what ways did did Splinter of the Mind's Eye work as the sequel to Star Wars? Because positivity. Uh, but also in what ways did it absolutely strike out? Yeah. Empire Strikes Out. That's what it should have been called. <laughs> Isn't that like a Lego movie? I, I feel like it is. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, this is a hard one because Splinter of the Mind's Eye, I, I guess the best way I can view it is, is you know, standing back. Uh, it was the first EU book, right? Uh, it, it expanded universe book. It's not the first Star Wars book, but definitely the first EU book. And it really set the pace for what George... You know, he had a backup plan, which was much drearier than what we got, right? It was a fog-covered planet so that there wasn't too much to do with <laughs> with the set. Um, I, can't, I mean, there was like one dogfight, I think, or no dogfights. I can't remember. Yeah, yeah, there's one right at the beginning of the book. Exactly, yeah. They, they try to... You, <laughs> but there's only three ships involved. Yeah, exactly. It just, uh, you know, and uh, I, I really think Hollow was a good character, though. 
honestly. I think she was a really good character, and I'm sad that she, that she was not brought into the rest of of Can- what the, uh, the crazy wisecracking old yeah, woman. Yeah, she was great. <laughs> I don't know if she was great, but she was something. She was something. Um, uh, but yeah, it, you know, it was, it's, it's a hard book to, to picture it in canon. You know, it does, it just can't exist. There's plenty of room for a Luke and Leia adventure on a weird planet with a weird old lady, but, um, it doesn't especially work as the sequel to, um, what was the greatest movie ever made at that point in time. We do have another taker for greatest movie ever made. Wes says Rocky, but, he says, I get this as a Star Wars podcast. <laughs> um, uh, I did something, th- you know, we, we're all doing movie marathons during quarantine. You know, I'm doing 2020. I had my wife watch all the Rocky movies, and uh, she absolutely hated every minute of it <laughs> no. because she doesn't like violence. But guess who had a ton of fun? <laughs> this guy. Anyway, that's beside the point. Uh, Splinter of the Mind's Eye doesn't exactly work. Um, <laughs> Freddie's got some great points here. He says, that um this is this is really funny here that that uh, Luke can swim oh, yeah. which is funny because he comes from a desert planet but uh, what's the flip side of that Frank? Uh, Leia cannot swim <laughs> <laughs> even though she she like you know was raised as royalty on a planet just just teeming with what bodies of water and yeah. there's like nice pools probably yeah. fountains yeah. streams it's Alderaan it's like you know you just picture peace and tranquility and beauty but Luke who comes from the desert pro swimmer because <laughs> the patriarchy am i right uh i would say the, the biggest way that it falls short is that there's no han right whereas the empire strikes back comes up huge with expanding han as a character specifically his relationship with leia um and as we get into another book that um it's kind of like a what if you know an alternate universe for the empire strikes back uh we talked about it a little bit last week and that is infinities Empire Strikes Back. Uh, Freddie, I want to ask, did you catch, and, and Meg, you can answer this one too, I made a, a big glaring continuity error in last week's episode concerning Infinities, The Empire Strikes Back. Uh, did you catch what it was? No, I didn't catch it. What did you, what did you say? What did you do, did Jared? You it, Meg? Anybody in the chat <laughs> catch my uh, big continuity error concerning The Empire Strikes Back in last week's episode? I'll give you a hint. It's Tauntaun related. Tauntaun, did you find right? it, Meg? Did you, did you did you catch this one? No, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> All right, any takers in the chat? Um, I could not, for the life of me, remember last week whose tauntaun gets sliced open. Which of those tauntauns <laughs> saves? What's the plural of tauntaun? Just tauntauns? Tauntauns, yeah. <laughs> it sounds weird coming <laughs> out of my mouth. Um, I could not remember is uh, which tauntaun is the one that uh, you know Han says. Oh, I thought they smelled bad on the outside. Um, do you know off the top of your head, Freddie, whose Tauntaun well, gets sliced? Definitely up? Hans. Hans tauntaun, or Luke? Because uh, Luke's Tauntaun is is already in the Wampa stomach. <laughs> Fried chicken. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I got that wrong last week on the show. I talked about uh, you know how in Empire Strikes Back uh, the the Tauntaun dies, and I said it was Luke's Tauntaun. Yeah. Well, Luke's Tauntaun has been dead for forty years now, <laughs> and uh, he's been that way whether you're watching the movie, reading the book. Reading uh, from a certain point of view or even Infinities, which is totally fine. Uh, but the big change that it makes to the story, of course, um, early on with Infinities is uh, killing off Hans Tauntaun. Could not survive the cold. Is that what happened? Yeah, it anyway, died. There's a Tauntaun. It died just before it <laughs> he, got to him. So he couldn't refrigerate heat. He couldn't keep Luke warm in the sleeping bag, right? Yeah. 
that it's it's almost like ramen noodles. <laughs> um, we love our noodles here on Legends Look Back. No. The other major thing that it does is um, it shows Leia, you know, becoming the new hope because Luke's dead in Infinities. So Leia, of course, has to follow through on Yoda when he says there is another. No, so Freddie, let me ask you a, a, just a regular old Empire Strikes Back question here. When you first saw Episode Five, what did you think Yoda was talking about when he said there is another? I mean, us as Legends fans, we've got so much continuity in our heads at this point that it's hard for us to think anything else other than Leia. But, but can you put yourself back in your uh, your childhood shoes? Um. Uh, you know what I. I had no idea to be honest. That that was the hardest thing to to really dis- determine because at that point I I remember watching it and, and hearing there is another and and it took me a while to realize oh Leia it's his sister clearly it's she's the other one. But uh, of course I remember when uh, Clone Wars came out everyone was thinking oh maybe it's Ahsoka right. Uh, oh okay. But yeah I, I think I'm pretty sure it was always post well at that point it was always going to be Leia. Before that I don't think. George really had an idea where he was going to go yet. I bet you, I bet you know who it is. Um, could have been Baby Yoda. Am I Maybe. right? Maybe. <laughs> no, that would be one massive retcon, wouldn't it? <laughs> could have been Han. No, well, we according to the Infinities. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Han, Han is like, oh yeah, hey Leia, I'm going to train as a Jedi. Be a pretty cool Jedi, don't you think? And she just like in typical Meg fashion turns to him and is like, no. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that's awesome. You know, we've talked about a couple of. Uh, alternatives to what The Empire Strikes Back could have been, uh, but we actually have to talk about EU adaptations of The Empire Strikes Back. There are three major ones. Number one is the noveliz- novelization itself that Freddie has there, and mine is actually serving as a stand over here for Revan and Malik's Funko Pops, and I don't want to disturb them. Otherwise, they'll start fighting with each other, and there'll be cloning tanks, and Bastille will have to save the day. It's a whole thing. Um, the one major continuity thing to mention about this, of course, came out in 1980 is the fact that this came out before the movie right this came out in april six weeks before the film freddie can you imagine what it would have been like to read this book before the film would you have done it i would not have done it would would you have read a novelization of a star wars movie before seeing the movie no never del rey's ripped that away from us in recent years and rightfully so because we're spoiled and we have no self-control um what do you think it would have been like to have the big reveal of episode five spoiled. Uh, it reminds me. In, in the, it reminds me of the big reveal for the uh, album of Phantom Menace, uh, Qui Gon's demise. I'm pretty sure it was called. <laughs> it was pretty bad. Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, Qui Gon's noble. Yeah, end. there you go. <laughs> That's like, what it was. Oh, great, yeah. awesome. Yeah, uh, thanks, guys. Qui Gon's noble end. And and I I know people who have read who read The Empire Strikes Back before they saw the movie, and they were they were pretty. They they it ruined it for them for sure. But uh, obviously they still love it. But yeah, I, I couldn't imagine. Um, you know, it's one of those questions that I ask myself as a Legends fan. You know, would I have read the books? I love reading Star Wars books. The day they come out, I want to have it in my hands or in my ears or, um, in, you know, in somebody's hands reading it to me day of. Now I'll do whatever it takes. I mean, I used to drive two hours to the closest bookstore when I lived in rural Arkansas to get my hands on some of these books. It was that important to me. It was like, books come out on a Tuesday. Uh, I get a phone call. Hey, Jared, I want to meet with you in your office. Sorry, I'm out of town today. <laughs> yeah, so I've got to get my Star Wars book. So would I have done it? Uh, it's hard to know. 
but I know a lot of Star Wars fans did, and it it totally colored their experience of um, you know enjoying these movies. Whether it was with A New Hope, um, Empire Strikes Back, or Return of the Jedi, and, and I think even the the prequels, isn't that right, Freddie? Did the novelizations come out before the movies? I believe they might have. Uh, I want to say. I can't remember honestly. It's been a while, but uh, but I, I'm pretty sure that there were a couple that were released, and I had the book, but I, I would not read it uh, in in that case because I, I just like you, I had to pre-order everything. I have to have it the day it was released. Yeah, um, you know, I do want to make mention to something that Cheryl has brought up in the chat here, which is you know going back to a question from a minute ago. She says that uh, so was it always Leia with the other? And something we didn't mention is I actually think, correct me if I'm wrong here, Freddie, and some of the behind-the-scenes stuff that I've read, Lucas didn't actually know who the other was when he wrote <laughs> The Empire Strikes Back. Um, you know, he obviously had some scripting help, too. And I think he wrote it in as a, as a plot crutch mm-hmm. so that he would give himself flexibility to maneuver in the finale. Yeah. So he had a couple of different ideas of what it could be. I think historically... If the timelines are correct, and hey, I could be wrong. Because Lucas is always changing his mind when he recaps the history of Star Wars. He's given so many different alternative histories about what has happened. I believe that uh, he did not come up with the idea that Leia was was um, the other in that scene until much closer to the development of Return of the Jedi. Um, did that check out to you? I could I can kind of see that. I, I, he, I mean, it was a it was a work in progress until the very end. And in even, even after the movie's release, it was still a work in progress. He was always changing it, adding elements, making it better, cutting it, recutting it, taking things away. Right. It was his, his art piece that he just constantly worked with. Yeah. So. Which leads us back to the special edition. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It all comes back to the special edition. <laughs> it does. Uh, and you know, I, personally, I think if he had not done that, I don't know how, popular star wars would have been you know because it kept a lot of us during that time of the dark ages uh interested because i was a kid when the the uh, re-releases came out i got to see them in the big screen with my cousin for the first time and it was pretty magnificent and and without that experience i don't i don't know if you know it's so interesting because we can argue about this but um I don't know if he really he knew, you know, it just doesn't it it seems yeah. it seems like it would be very George Lucas to not know. The more I think about it, I think that it was it was like his primary idea that Leia was the other, but that he had not totally decided that she was Luke's sister at that point in the mm-hmm. timeline. All right, this is sounding more right to me the farther we go. <laughs> uh, but I do want to say if you want more information about the making of The Empire Strikes Back, it's totally Excellent way to celebrate this film for its 40th anniversary. Um, the book that I would recommend, there's several great histories of Star Wars, but the one I would recommend the most is called The Making of Star Wars The Empire Strikes Back, and it's by J.W. Rensler. And I've got to say, it is absolutely massive. I think the the hardcover sells for $85 now on the market. You can get it for 15 on Kindle, <laughs> but it's got all kinds of fun multimedia stuff in there, video clips and audio files. And um, I mean, it is massive. I'll tell you this much. I think it would take you longer to read this one book than it would take to read the entirety of the new Jedi order. It is absolutely <laughs> massive. You can take my word on that. Have you checked those out? Frank? I have, and we're totally getting rated at the moment by uh strictly oh, casual awesome. and no strictly way. casual posse. 
Hey, everyone. <laughs> it's our first raid, Freddy. <laughs> this is massive. Hey, what's up, guys? We are a Star Wars Legends podcast talking all about the 40th anniversary of The Empire Strikes Back. Uh, we are recommending uh, the behind-the-scenes tome by J.W. Rensler that is the making of Star Wars, The Empire Strikes Back. I mean, don't you think you kind of come up with a more creative title, though? Uh, you know what? It works. <laughs> Pretty straightforward. <laughs> it is what it is, man. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, we're talking about the adaptations behind the scenes of The Empire Strikes Back. We also need to talk about um, the fact that, uh, yes, there was a novelization, but my favorite area of the fandom in, in terms of uh, being a Star Wars Expanded Universe fan is the the old-school NPR radio dramas. And uh, there's there's a really fun one for the original Star Wars, and it's got all kinds of, of extra material, the, the real expanded universe of expanding the universe. Of course, um, all kinds of stuff in the deleted scenes. It's reincorporated, and it's got great voice actors across the board. Mark Hamill himself reprises the voice of Luke Skywalker. Um, but then when it came to The Empire Strikes Back, they didn't go quite as wild with incorporating new elements and adding in deleted scenes. There's a few little uh, lines of dialogue that are tweaked and expanded, not nearly as much as the original. However, most remarkably, yes, Mark Hamill returns, but also Billy D himself comes back to voice Lando. And it, and it starts off a long chain of Billy D continually uh, coming back to reprise his role yeah. as Lando Calrissian. Um, have you ever listened to these, Fred? I have, yeah. I, I, I'm a big fan of it, and and I think it's it solidified Billy D in fandom too, because he he loves Star Wars. He loves being Lando. Like Lando is Billy D. So, uh, you know, if anybody was going to play it, it was going to be him or somebody he was cool with. Uh, so it, it, it's just it's pretty cool, man. I, I I'm so glad that we got yeah. to uh, he we he got to reprise his role, right? <laughs> well, hello there. Yeah. Um, what have we, <laughs> what here? Have we Every here? time we talk about Lando, Freddie, we just we just de-escalate into you and me doing Lando impressions for, for like two or three minutes. It is it's like clockwork. Yeah, it it's is. It's like mentioning Star Wars <laughs> galaxies around you. You just start to fanboy and you get all flushed in the face. And, um, I will say with the NPR radio drama, the number one thing worth mentioning in terms of how it expands the universe is the fact that, um, at, and I love this, all right? This is Legends at its wackiest, right? At the climax of Luke Skywalker's lightsaber duel against Darth Vader on Cloud City in the book, because it's it's all audio. You can't see the, the minutia in the performance. You can't see the nuance in their eyes. Instead, you've got to announce everything. There's no narration. Yeah. At least I don't think so. Not much. Yeah. So Luke audibly announces his decision to jump off the uh, the balcony or the, uh, the the gantry into the service shaft there on um, in, in the, the heart of Cloud City, whatever you call that room. What do you call the room where they fight? You know, uh, the room where they fight. The breezeway. <laughs> <laughs> the room with the catwalk. Yeah. Catwalks are never a good thing in Star Wars. Luke announces his decision. He's like, well, Vader, if you're my father, I guess I'm just going to jump off this thing and kill myself. <laughs> And it's so incredibly goofy all these years later. But it does raise a good question, doesn't it, Freddie? Yeah. Um, do you think that Luke was trying to just escape Vader? Or was he trying to kill himself? I never really thought about it that I way never... until uh, preparing for the show. Uh, I think he was just trying to get away from his dad, right? Uh, You're not my dad. And then just jumps off, <laughs> <laughs> jumps off the catwalk and doesn't really think twice. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it's, it's totally a you're not my dad moment. Uh, man, as a kid, the mystery of the Empire Strikes Back, the wonder of it, it's got so much in that movie 
especially compared to the others, that leaves you just watching it and it's it's metaphysical and you're thinking, what is happening here? Um, of course, you've got the, the Dagobah cave, but then also um, as Luke jumps off seemingly to his death as a kid, I just remember being flabbergasted, my mouth wide open, jaw agape, wondering where is he going and how is this going to end? And then he's just going down the slide, and I was like, I'd kind of like to go down that slide. It seems fun, but like, can I go down with both of my hands intact, please, if I ever go down a slide uh, as much fun as that? Maybe like lube it up a little bit. It seemed a little bit uh, painful to slide down that thing. The the squelches of him sliding down oh. that uh, that shaft, isn't it just uh, totally I mean, <laughs> a horrible noise? He, not only does he have his hand ripped off or uh you know, cut off with the lightsaber, but he's also got to go down a, a dry slide. <laughs> a dry slide. Cheryl makes a great point. She says a slide isn't fun if you don't know where it ends. <laughs> <laughs> Which is true. Never considered that. That's why my two-year-old, when she sees the ones that are twisty with the big, you know, they're like covered on the top. She's always like, what do you think about this? The safe? <laughs> uh, you've got five seconds to stop me. Otherwise, I'm going for it. Um, gotta love her, nothing like her older sister who would never go down a slide um, with or without my help. Well, Freddie, we've talked about the adaptations. We've talked about the alternatives to The Empire Strikes Back. Let's talk about the prequels in Legends to The Empire Strikes Back. First and foremost are the old school Marvel comics. Now, Freddie, this week I downloaded them all off Comixology with grand plans to read them. I couldn't do it, man. <laughs> they are very different. They are different. Uh, to try to get through these things. One of these days, though, we'll do like a whole retrospective episode of trying to tackle some of the classic Marvel comics. But there's, um, I think, The Empire Strikes Back starts in episode 40. Mm-hmm. So several years' worth of continuity um, in, in terms of developing the the expanded universe um, for what happens before The Empire Strikes Back. In a minute, we're going to talk about the Marvel comics after The Empire Strikes Back, and I've got a fun tidbit there. But moving on to, into the books that are a little bit more consequential in Legends, the first that we're going to mention is one that's a little bit divisive. I know that our buddy Rob, uh, not the biggest fan of this one, I myself put it in my top ten, and that is Scoundrels by Timothy Zahn. Yeah. Uh, Freddie, how about you? Are you on uh, Team Rob or Team Jared? Uh, are you positive or negative on Scoundrels? I'm a big fan of Scoundrels. I like Scoundrels a lot, and I think it's because I also really liked Ocean's Eleven, and uh, I have to be honest, I haven't seen too many heist films Right, it's just not my my genre that I go towards. So Ocean's Eleven was pretty cool, and then when I read Scoundrels, you know, I, I just bought it without realizing that it was an Ocean's Eleven's book style book, right? And and I was such a big fan of it. Yeah, well, that's what sold me on it. Uh, and honestly, my first read through, I was having trouble because you've got a lot of new characters to learn, and the way that it pulls in characters definitely involves some some Legends loopholes. <laughs> you know, it's significant as a as a follow up or as a as a prequel to The Empire Strikes Back for two major continuity reasons. One, Han has already spent that reward money. I remember looking at that big old what is it like a wagon full of just boxes of gold or whatever it is. You know, a lot of credits that Han receives there on the base at Yavin, and in typical Han fashion, <laughs> um, by the time we get the scoundrels, he's already spent that money. Yeah. <laughs> so. There's actually, we should do a whole episode on this. Maybe Trevor will join us. All the different ways Han loses his reward money in Legends. <laughs> There's so many ways. <laughs> and then secondly, uh, Han and Lando have a Legends interaction before the Empire Strikes Back in Scoundrels. And yet after Han loses, after Lando loses the Falcon to Han, 
in uh, the AC Crispin book. Was that Rebel Dawn where that yeah. happens? Yeah, I think so. Um, so so it's it's significant for the the retcons that it makes. Um, so for me, it took a little while in reading it to kind of get over those those interpretive humps where I was like, I'm not sure if I can accept this because there is one massive twist at the end that totally makes you read the book entirely differently on your second read through. Um, have you done a read through, a, a reread of this since you're, since you discovered the major twist at the end, which we won't spoil? No, actually, that was the last time I read it was the first time. It was pretty fantastic. Yeah, don't spoil it. It's, uh, just, yeah, don't look at the back of the book. I'm sorry I said that. <laughs> Zahn loves, Zahn absolutely loves his, um, his twist endings. Yeah. And I would say this is maybe one of his most successful. This one's just fun. Yeah. You're just looking for something lighthearted. Um, it's not something that's going to make you, you know, cry. Um, maybe from tears at the end, <laughs> from how, um, cry from tears, uh, cry from joy, joy. I mean, at the end for just how incredible the twist ending is. So, so I would recommend scoundrels, though not everyone would. You've been warned. Uh, secondly on the list of the, I would say more important, um, prequels to the Empire Strikes Back is Razor's Edge by an author who just recently made her return to the expanded universe, and that is uh, Martha Wells. She is in the, uh, from a certain point of view, Empire Strikes Back book. She wrote an Ugnaught story that I've not gotten to yet. It's one of the last books in Legends. Um, it came in the, the trilogy. Freddie, do you know uh, what the sequel to this one was supposed to be? <laughs> it was preceded by Honor Among Thieves, the Han yeah, book. Yeah, that's right. right. And it wasn't there. Okay, so. There was a third one. There was a Luke. And version. Meg loves it. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> no. It was, it was part of like the, it was supposed to be called like Empire versus Rebellion or something like that, right? And then. Uh, yeah. It was Han, Luke, and Leia. That was the... Right, just like classic original trilogy novels. Yep. Yeah. And uh, so the third one is Heir to, Heir the, to the Jedi. Jedi. That's right, yeah. Which ended up being reimagined and told from a first-person point of view. And um, I'll say this much. Canon can have it. Canon can have it. <laughs> Makes you know, favorite I'm book, not saying right? anything about its quality other than the fact that um, we've got a lot of great Legends books. So, you know, Canon needed its own lookbook. All right. Uh, so, uh, Razor's Edge, however, is absolutely excellent. The fun thing about it is 80% of it is in Leia's point of view. Can you think of any other Legends book, Freddy, that has 80% of it written from the perspective of, uh, of Leia? No, no. I, th- I think it's the, one of the first ones, honestly, that, or the only one. And I think that's probably the, the issue with Heir to the Jedi was, was it didn't quite flow with the theme. And it, yeah. it kind of sunk in my opinion, but. You know, that's, that's for, uh, that's for, uh, uh, our other podcast to talk about. <laughs> yeah. I'll say this much about, um, uh, Razor's Edge and Honor Among Thieves. Uh, they're excellent. I absolutely love Honor Among Thieves. It's in my top 10 favorite Legends books. And, um, uh, I wouldn't quite put Razor's Edge up there as much, but it's worth read, um, especially because of the way that, um, this book is talking about um, Leia as a leader leading up to The Empire Strikes Back because you see her as quite the assertive leader um, in the beginning of that movie. There on the rebel base at Hoth, everybody respects her opinion, not just as a princess, but as um, a rebellion leader, right? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. It's it's pretty good. I like it. Uh, it it's worth a read. It's been a long time since I've read it. I, actually, I remember it was one – is it one of the last Legends books? To be yeah. published? I think so, right? 
right? Yeah. Definitely one of the last five. Came out in September of 2013. And the frustrating thing about it, Freddie, this is one of our um, eccentricities that we have in common, is the fact that this is one of the only Legends books that does not have a paperback yeah. without the Legends banner. Yep. Because we're obsessive in that way. <laughs> I spent a good amount of time today trying to decide, do I want to go ahead and complete my collection with those paperbacks that never got Legends banner, or th- that, um, that never got versions without the Legends banner? Do I just want to go ahead and buy them with the Legends banner to complete the collection? It's a, it's a totally obsessive conundrum that I'm in, but, uh, <laughs> hey, Star Wars Legends fan problems, am I right? <laughs> One final book worth talking about as a prequel to the Empire Strikes Back is a book that actually got two different covers, um, and one that uh, I'm sure that our buddy Cheryl especially loves as a, a huge Mara Jade fan, um, and that is the uh, Timothy Zahn's Choices of One. A Choices of One, of course, is the sequel to Allegiance. However, we're recommending Choices of One as the prequel, uh, really worth checking out for uh, The Empire Strikes Back for one major reason. And that is this entire book centers around the plot device of uh, both Mara and our heroes, right? Um, Luke and Han and Leia trying to find the rebel base, like trying to find a new place to uh, set up camp after, um, you know, obviously the Empire learns about Yavin. So they've got to evacuate, right? Um, uh, Freddie, I want to ask you one question about this book. Which of the covers <laughs> do you prefer? So we're not even talking about content here. Which of the covers do you prefer? Do you prefer the hardback or the paperback? This is probably one of the first times that I say that I like the paperback. Okay. Uh, I agree. I agree. What do you think in the chat? Do you prefer, <laughs> do you prefer the hardback or the paperback? One for hardback, two for the paperback. Uh, here's my number one gripe with the hardback. What, what, what person's uh, model do you think they use? Whose likeness? Uh, uh, what famous celebrity do you think they used to, to make the cover of Choices of Should One I because I've got I've got one strong guess that I've thought since I first saw this cover and it's distinctly not the same image at all that they're using no. on the paperback release. What do you think? Frank? Yeah, I it's so funny because you wrote it in the show notes and I have to say a hundred percent. Once you see it, you can't unsee <laughs> yeah. it. Or, it's Amy Poehler. Yeah, Amy Poehler. Right? Yep. <laughs> I mean. Which kind of makes me want an Amy Poehler Star Wars movie <laughs> where she's like teaming up with stormtroopers and making jokes when they bump their head on doorways. Um, so somebody make that happen. Is Amy Poehler a Star Wars fan? <laughs> um, that's something we're going to For the right money, out. anyone's a Star Wars fan. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Well, um, I, I like the book on its own regardless of what cover. Honestly, I've never actually read the paperback or the hardback, but I've listened to the audiobook twice. So you can look at whatever you want. You're listening to an audiobook. We've talked about the prequels. We're also going to talk about the sequels here with The Empire Strikes Back and its rich heritage in Legends. And we're right back at the exact same starting place with the Marvel comics. In issue number 45, I said issue this time, I said episode earlier. Issue number 45, it's the first issue to follow The Empire Strikes Back. There's one glaring continuity error. Do you know what it is, Freddie? I didn't actually notice this until until uh, I saw the notes, actually. I, didn't, I had no idea. Um, so it's great. It's like a perfect example of just how wacky the Marvel comics are. Empire Strikes Back is this dark, existential movie about um, uh, good and evil and identity. And then you come right out of it 
into the next issue of the Marvel Comics, and it's just like, all right, we're off on another wacky adventure. <laughs> and in this one, even though Luke has his hand cut off in The Empire Strikes Back, which is holding his father's lightsaber, um, he's already got a new lightsaber in issue number 45. Right. Where'd the lightsaber come from? Is it the same lightsaber? Is it a different lightsaber? It's never explained. No. And it just stays that way. Lots of other comics uh, along the way after this. Luke's just got a lightsaber. Where did it come from? Um, gotta love those Marvel comics. And one of these days we're going to do a deep dive. However, there's one major sequel to The Empire Strikes Back in Legends that's uh, definitely consequential in the grand storytelling of the expanded universe. And that is none other than Shadows of the Empire itself. Freddie, what's your history with Shadows of the Empire? Shadows of the Empire. I mean, we've got, uh, we've got a video game. We've got uh, its own soundtrack, oh, a comic. It's, it's got action figures. It's got everything. It has. A... I feel like Stefan from SNL <laughs> um, saying that it's got this and that. It's true. You're, What's your history right. with Shadows so, of the Empire? Shadows Empire, just just some background. It was a multimedia project for Lucasfilm, and it was basically uh, uh, it was everything: novels, video games, uh, soundtracks, toys. Kenner had a bunch of toys. There was a new starships, trading cards, everything. Everything that was touched by Star Wars, Shadows of the Empire uh, had their hands in it. And my introduction to it was actually the N64 game. Believe it or not. That's where I found out about it. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. I, I know this week we've got a couple of new console releases. Uh, the PS something and the Xbox whatever um, have both come out. Uh, are you a gamer, Freddie? Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't tell you. <laughs> I've always been a generation behind. PS5? PS, Is it 5? PS5, yeah. PS5. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it's had a lot of people on the team talking about how... Um, in you know in in their history of buying some new Star Wars uh, uh buying new video game consoles a lot of people were saying that they first bought the N64 because Shadows of the Empire was a launch title or a very close to to being one at least so they were like I had to buy a new console just to play this Star Wars game that's how important this was back in 96 <laughs> man um I've got quite a few of the action figures myself I however have never read the book but Freddy we love to play our games on Legends look back <laughs> and uh here <laughs> Here's a fun game for us, okay? Hopefully you did not Google this ahead of time. Everybody in the chat, you're welcome to follow along and play this game with us. Uh, here's how the game goes. I'm going to list off a number of uh, uh, Shadows of the Empire-related characters, topics, ideas. And the question is, which one of these has not been reincorporated into canon? Okay? Because a lot of things from Shadows of the Empire have made their way back in. One of these, however, has not. And honestly, looking at the list, I don't even remember which one it was. So give me a second to figure it out. Okay, I've got it. I should mark that for myself for next time because uh, that could get real out of hand real quickly. Okay, so which of the following has not been recanonized? You ready for yeah. it? <laughs> Let's do it. Number one, is it the Falene species with their pheromones and ponytails? Number two, um, the Black Sun Crime Syndicate. Number three. The bounty hunters battling over Han's carbonite slab en route to Jabba's palace. Number four, the ship belonging to Dash Rendar. The, uh, you know, it's kind of like a knockoff Millennium Falcon, yeah. right? It's another Corellian Corvette, the Outrider. Uh, number five, Dash Rendar himself as a character. And finally, Prince Shizor as number six. Which of the following has, um, not been recanonized? Into um, into the Star Wars expanded universe. What do you think it is? Right? Well, 
I feel like I need some uh, do 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 kind of music as you decide. Um, I'm pretty sure Prince Shazer was was brought back into Rebels, at the, right? I, I I feel like uh, so just going down the list, the Fleen, the Black Sun. I I know I've seen Black Sun in canon. Uh, the Outrider. That's a tough one. Uh, Dash Render. You're right on Black Sun. Yeah. You're right on Black Sun. I'll give you that much. Uh, so uh, Dash Render, I believe, was brought back in. Uh, I think it was like a advent- little adventure story of some sort. Um, Let me pull it up. He's he's in canon. Okay. So you're right that Dash Dash Rendar. I think it's in. Yeah, it's the the solo tie-in novel Tales from Vandal. Yeah. Okay, that's the one. So, so he he gets an Easter egg in that. So it's like the most obscure tie-in to a movie <laughs> yeah. that a lot of people never saw, right? And so it's like, how much <laughs> is he actually canon? Doesn't matter to me. Yeah. He's, he's canon. canon. He's All canon. right, he's uh, back, baby. Let's see, Outrider. Pretty sure the YT twenty four hundred, if I'm not mistaken, is still canon. Uh, um, it is canon. I'm trying to remember <laughs> where, but yeah, it's canon. Yeah, so you're getting close. I know they actually had. I'm pretty sure. I'm not sure if it was the Outrider, but there there was a YT twenty four hundred. Pretty sure it's YT twenty four hundred. Correct me if I'm wrong, chat. It's named. It's named explicitly somewhere. All right. What are people's guesses? And Freddie, I need. To, I need a solid guess. From I'm gonna you, say. I'm gonna this. say number three. <laughs> I'm just gonna go with number three. Number three is. Anybody else want to guess? Uh, which one of these is it? I'll give you the list one more time. Which of these is not in canon? Faline, Black Sun, Bounty Hunters battling over Han's Carbonite Slab in Ruta Jabba's Palace, The Outrider, Dash Rindar, or Prince Shizor. How do you say Shizor? Do you say Shizor? Do you say Zizor? I think it's supposed to be Shizor. Shizor is how it is in the audiobook, so, you know. What audiobook? Doesn't matter. <laughs> a Scoundrels, I think. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so it is number three. The the Bounty Hunters battling over Han's Carbonite Slab in Ruta Jabba's Palace is in the Shadows of the Empire comic. Um, that's where that story is especially told. And as far as I know, I'm only halfway from uh, halfway into... From a certain point of view, Empire Strikes Back. We really need a shorter title for that that gum book. Um, only halfway through that, uh, so who knows? Maybe it's in there. I will say this much: that um, it's incredible, isn't it? How many of these things have been brought back into canon? Yeah, it's it's at a, least as Easter eggs. Almost all. I mean, a lot of content. If you think about it, Black Sun especially has been carried throughout uh, almost everything. Every video game that I feel like I play, I see Black Sun. Yeah, I, I was looking for the behind the scenes on what things were recanonized and which things weren't, and I've forgotten where I got some of this information because I was trying not to put it all in the show notes so as to spoil Freddy. Um, but it's mostly from. All right, so here's a fun one. Shizor was first mentioned in the. Uh, <laughs> he, he was made canon by a cookbook in the Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, the official Black Spire Outpost cookbook. There is. Um, there is something called Shizor. What is it? Shizor salad. Shizor salad. Um, <laughs> what's it called? There's uh, something in here named after Shizor. So, um, first of all, what does that taste like? Second of all, what do its pheromones do to you? <laughs> Doesn't matter what you put in the salad; it's going to taste great, according to those pheromones. Oh man, well, let's not talk about the pheromones because <laughs> that is one problematic part of the book. Um, but I do love how many um, nods it's gotten in canon, which is a ton of fun. Um, but let's talk about some other characters. Talk about Shizor. We've talked about him enough. Um, let's talk about some other Empire Strikes Back characters. If you really think about it, there are four major characters who are introduced in the Empire Strikes Back, right? So you've got Yoda, Lando, Boba Fett. You ever heard of Boba Fett, Freddy? Yeah, uh, maybe. 
And um, I'm not talking about the Wampa or the Tauntaun. The other major character is Palpatine himself. Um, of course, made his initial debut um, as a monkey, right? <laughs> Wasn't it uh, monkey eyes on a woman? <laughs> yeah, that's right. I think. Monkey eye. Yeah. That's a whole... Yeah, that's been replaced. And I would say that's one good way the special edition has paid off with the Empire Strikes Back. But um, which of these four characters, Yoda, Lando, Boba, and Palps, um, which do you think is the most successful new character Ooh. in Empire Strikes Back? So uh, we're drafting teams here. Uh, who's your first pick? I'm going to say this is a tough one because it, it changes with generation. I would say Yoda has become that character right now. But I would say, uh, and well, Boba Fett. Boba Fett had, what, like two lines? One line, two lines? I forget how many lines he right. had. And he just He's rocketed no me dead. Yeah, he just rocketed off into fandom. So I would say Boba Fett. And if we're if we're being technical, Freddie, um, he's not introduced in The Empire Strikes Back. In fact, he's introduced in, in a Legends story, if we want to call it that. Do <laughs> uh, you know where Boba Fett made his first debut? Do you know this well, piece of trivia? I'm just going to say, um, you know, we, we have... You know, we we give uh, heir to the Jedi or, or not heir to the Jedi. Um, I Jedi. What was it? I forget. Sorry, I try to delete Which that book? one. The one with Luke. Point of view. Both of them are not the best. <laughs> yeah. Heir to the Jedi. Heir to the yeah. Jedi. Um, you know, we'll give that to Canon, but we still have to keep the holiday special. So. Um. Yeah. So it does come from the holiday special. Freddie, do you consider holiday special legends? It definitely. <laughs> I mean, it's not canon, is it? It's a George Lucas property, but is it? Is it canon? Oh, they tried to delete it. They tried to delete it from <laughs> from all of our memories. They tried to do a Berenstein Berenstain, and it just did not work. <laughs> yeah, it never existed. Use the Jedi mind trick. Yeah. Wave the hands the right way. Use a mesmerizing voice. Um, I think isn't there? We'll see if we can post this in the Discord channel. Isn't there an interview where like <laughs> where Harrison Ford was on a late night talk show? And uh, Jimmy Kimmel or somebody asks him about the holiday special, and Harrison Ford says, "What?" <laughs> like he 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 plays dumb, like he doesn't know what he's talking about. Do you know what I'm talking about? Uh, Is this a thing? No, it's a thing. He, I feel like it's a thing. Uh, a lot of people that when it, uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure even uh, Leia or um, Leia Carrie Fisher when she's asked about the the holiday special, they they're just. I mean, everybody when they talk about it just tries to laugh it off, pretend it really didn't exist. Oh, and it's getting it's it's getting a, a sequel of sorts this year, right? The Lego Holiday Special is coming out soon. Who knows what that's going to be like? But I hope it's got Dash Rendar and or Shizor. Don't know about you. Well, let's talk about these four these four characters at least a little bit. We're going to give a little bit of recommended Legends reading for each of the four major new characters introduced in The Empire Strikes Back. And the first one is difficult, isn't it, Freddie? There's not a lot of Legends material about Yoda, is there? No, no, there isn't. It's it's very. Uh, uh... George Lucas didn't want to talk too much about Yoda. He wanted to keep him a mystery, right? Like that's right. A 900-year-old Jedi Master. That's you know that's pretty fascinating. So he wanted to keep Yoda's background uh, a mystery, and uh, you know Lucas didn't want to. He didn't want people playing in his his sandbox that he was about to do, uh, play in, right? And so there's really right. just not much about Yoda. Uh, there's one major book I would recommend, and then some other comics as well, though. And I mentioned this on last week's episode. You know, I can't just do this every week where we just, like, recommend the same books every single episode. <laughs> Other than Ruins of Dantooine. Definitely recommend that one. Um, Yoda Dark Rendezvous is a sleeper hit for me. Knew nothing about it going in. Absolutely loved it. It really shows Yoda coming alongside an underpowered um, Jedi Padawan who doesn't really believe in herself. I think her name is Scout. 
And um, it's a beautiful relationship. You also get to see a little bit of his history with Dooku, how he like believes in Dooku, doesn't want uh, to just believe in Dooku as a villain, but wants to you know kind of root for the best in it. It's a great Yoda story. It's also a good spooky Halloween story, which we talked about yeah. a couple of weeks ago, because um, you've got Dooku's spooky castle, which is a ton of fun. And, and then there's some good Clone Wars comics from Dark Horse about Yoda that are also um, totally worth it. Um, let me ask you a, a, a Legends of Yoda question, Freddie. Do you think that Yoda went to Dagobah? M- so in Heir to the, Heir to the Empire, um, Timothy Zahn tells this story that Yoda went there to mask his force presence, right? Um, there was this dark side cave, dark side energy, so he could basically blend in. Which is kind of a twist on the story, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, so do you think in your head canon, your, your head legends, did Yoda go to Dagobah mostly, A, to punish himself, to be surrounded by the dark side in order to mask his force presence, as Zahn um, posits, or do you think that he mostly went to just snack on reptile eggs? If you watch the latest episode of The Mandalorian, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, I think he was um, he was popping some reptile eggs like uh, like Halloween candy. <laughs> or uh, why do you think Yoda went to Dagobah? In um, in in your opinion, I feel like I read something somewhere. I I get a lot of my canon, my head canon, and and legends and canon mixed up. But I almost feel like in in Clone Wars he went to Dagobah and visited this place. But you know, before that, before that was that story was written. I think he simply went there because it, it is a dark, uh, well, dark force ridden planet, right? And and the way to hide out is in in an area where where you, the the dark side can can mask the light the light side of of the force. But um, yeah, I know there was a whole uh, arc about it in the Clone Wars where he he visited it. Uh, it I forget the the name of the arc, but it was one of my favorites. Oh, yeah, later on, was that season six, where he, like, hangs out with Qui-Gon's Force Ghost? Yeah, and he gets a bunch of visions and stuff, and it, it was a, it was a pretty, it's a very mythic, uh, yeah, yeah, episode. It's one of my favorites. Totally. Uh, you know, there's other stories in Legends about what happens on Dagobah, especially with that Force Cave. We're gonna come back to that in a minute. We talk about the locations. But let's talk about Lando. Um, Lando in Legends, of course, gets his own trilogy. Um, or now that uh, it's been reprinted as one volume, he, he's got uh, a pretty dense book, The Lando Calrissian Adventures, which, if you think about it, in a way is kind of a little bit canon-ish. Um, if you look at it, you know, and squint the right way, don't you think, Freddie? <laughs> yeah. Because in Solo, um, Lando says, um, I, here I was on the jungle moon of Asian, and I don't know what else there was there, but <laughs> I haven't actually finish the books. It's one of the few Star Wars books I've DNF'd. I <laughs> uh, could not make it through the first Lando Calrissian book. Uh, I think on Goodreads it still shows that I'm reading it. Spoiler alert, I'm not. But one of these days, I'll read it. Totally. <laughs> um, so let me ask you this, though, about Lando. As far as the EU's storytelling potential was concerned, uh, what do you think was the most intriguing thing about Lando when you first saw The Empire Strikes Back? He says a few different things, does a couple of different things in the movie to make you think, like, hey, I wonder what that's all about. Um, for you, was it when he said, you've got a lot of nerve coming here after what you pulled? Um, was it about how he became BFFs with a cyborg in Lobot? <laughs> or or was it the backstory of the Falcon? You know, how did uh, Han end up getting the Millennium Falcon from this guy? Which which of those do you think had the most storytelling potential? The crazy thing to me is is going back and remembering 
watching like you know one of my first 10 times watching empire strikes back seeing lando come in not really knowing anything about his character right he he's a pretty fascinating character you he's got a lot of background but you don't know where where it's from you don't know anything about the interaction that him and han had you just know that there was some dealing some gambling and the fact that he became the baron administrator you know of cloud city uh <laughs> through gambling is is pretty fascinating he was such a mysterious but regal character and i really liked it he sh- yeah. he just shone you know compared to the you see the uh the heroes coming off they've been through a lot and then you just see this suave guy with a cape uh, it's yeah it's it's pretty amazing um that, that was actually almost on my list ready was why does he wear capes <laughs> And um, you know, I actually thought that the capes were given their they were given their moment in the movie, you know, in Solo. He's got like a whole cape closet, which is very extra for sure. So I didn't that didn't make it on the list, but clearly it should have. So, um, you know, it's fun to see the way that Legends explores that uh, that initial statement that he says. You've got a lot of nerve coming here after what you pulled. So what did he pull? Is he specifically talking about how Han got the Falcon? Or was there something else? And so Legends actually retcons that three or four times, <laughs> at least. I mean, who knows how many other short stories or comics uh, explored this that I've never gotten into. Bet you Trevor knows. We'll ask Trevor. Um, so, so there's a lot here in terms of you know what you can be excited about with Lando. And uh, we, if you want to know more about this, of course, we've got a Lando Calrissian um, reading guide up on Eugene.com. We also did an entire episode, uh, The Legends Guide to Lando. Um, a few months ago, and you can access that a number of different ways. YouTube, uh, Patreon, we've got our own um, podcast feed, and you can check that out as well. Uh, but Freddie, I'm gonna turn this one over to you uh, because you're wearing the your Boba Fett jersey tonight. Is it a jersey? What would you call that? I mean, it's a outfit? it's a jacket. It's definitely a jacket. <laughs> Let's call it an outfit. It's a it's almost like a utility <laughs> jacket, but outfit. It, uh, I'm, it's I'm nice. Cool it. I like it. <laughs> You know, I'm tempted to fly to California and rob your apartment just to get that done. <laughs> um, and I guess I could order my own, but, you know, in true uh, Lando style, I'd like to pull off a heist, <laughs> which would be pretty fun. Um, so let me ask you this. There's a ton of Boba Fett stories out there, especially in Legends. Um, what's your favorite Boba Fett oh, story in Legends? There's, I mean, there's a ton. There's a ton. Especially if you think about the comics. Especially in the comics. He's a fan favorite in comics, in my opinion. Uh, I would say... There's a lot of content about Boba Fett, right? You've got the holiday special, which really kind of fleshed him out, and that's where he became a thing as much as people want to ignore it. Uh, there's yeah, He was riding like, like a Stegosaurus, right, with with the rifle that we see in The Mandalorian. So It's a, a do-back, yeah, isn't it? I don't, I don't remember what it was. It was something. <laughs> it's Barney the Dinosaur. <laughs> yeah. But I would say I liked him a lot in... Uh, when he was fighting the Yuzhan Vong. I don't know if you remember reading a lot of that, oh, the Battle yeah. of Mandalore. Uh, basically, uh, Boba Fett was, I, I, you know, the, the Mandalorians were supposed to be part of the Yuzhan Vong, and Boba Fett went on to the ship of some, I think he went on to the ship, did some sleuthing around, scanned some things, saw what the Yuzhan Vong were capable of, and decided, no way, this is, a, this is bad news. And uh, when the Yuzhan Vong found out, they just... Just, they just bombed the heck out of Mandalore, and uh, Boba Fett was part of that whole siege. Definitely, like that that whole line is pretty fascinating. And seeing Boba Fett in yeah in a warrior mentality versus just a bounty hunter mentality is is uh, I, I really liked seeing that about him. 
that's a fun story for a number of reasons. He he unites the Mandalorians as Mandalore, I think, in that story. He kind of takes up the, the helm of their, their leader in order to fight the Yuuzhan Vong. So it's fun because you see him team up with like uh, our, our heroes, Han, yeah. Luke, and Leia, in order to come together against this common cause. And it's really late in, if I remember correctly, in the New Jedi Order. And so Boba Fett's not in it at all. And then it's called Boba Fett, A Practical Man, mm, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. By Karen Travis. So he's not in the story at all. In fact, it's like been decades since he's even come up in the novels. It's like, oh, where is Boba Fett? Well, he's out there somewhere. Who really knows? Well, there was like a, a fake Boba Fett <laughs> in Boba Fett's armor, armor. I forget his name. It's, it's a whole retcon. <laughs> but then all of a sudden it's like, whoa, Boba's back, baby. Um, so I love the way that his story develops. Karen Travis really runs wild with him. My favorite Boba Fett story is like the sequel to that. So it's his his story in Legacy of the Force, specifically in Bloodlines, which explores him trying to reconnect with his family. Uh, and then um, the the second to last book in that series, so her Karen Travis's third book, Revelation, where he trains Jaina Solo how to be a Jedi Mandalorian, which is <laughs> really yeah. really legendsy, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, that's super legendsy. This <laughs> is legends as it gets. Yeah. <laughs> But it's not goofy. I mean, it's 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 awesome. Yeah. Absolutely awesome. Um, there's some other great bounty hunters that really don't get their moment in the sun, at least not on this episode. But they've got some great stories um, that, that parallel nicely with what's happening in From a Certain Point of View. And that is the book Tales of the Bounty Hunters. If you want to get to know Dengar or IG-88 or uh, Zuckus and Forlom, Bosk in their Legends glory, I would check this one out. Um, even though I've never read it. One of these days, we'll we'll get to it. <laughs> I only have like 20 Legends books I've never read. We just happen to be talking about half of them on tonight's episode. Uh, do you have a favorite story in that collection, Freddie? Um, I, you know, I really like the Tales of the Bounty Hunters, and I I just remember when I was a kid, I thought Dengar had a diaper on his head. So <laughs> it took me a long time to realize that it was just like a scarf of some sort. And uh, just reading about him, reading about the diaper guy is what I, I called him. Uh, is... This one's <laughs> this one's fun because it only has five stories in it. Whereas uh, Tales from the Most Icy Cantina has like 30. This one only has five. So it just it's a little bit more long form. So you've got the tale of IG-88, Dengar, Bosk. Zuckus and Forlom get a dual story because, of course, and um, then Boba Fett, you know, is the last story in this collection. And, um, you know, I might just have to dig into this a little bit this weekend. I could read one, at least one of the stories. There's so many books that I'm reading right now. Um, and then um, they also get a great storyline in the Shadows of the Empire comic, the way that they're competing with one another, against one another, and the way that that ends up uh, dovetailing into the Bounty Hunter Wars trilogy. So there's three great Legends wrecks if you want to get into these uh, lesser-known Bounty Hunters. But then finally, there's one other major character introduced in The Empire Strikes Back who's got uh, some excellent material worth reading in Legends, and that is Papa Palps himself. Um, you know what my first recommendation is going to be <laughs> as far as Palpatine's concerned. Here's, uh, here's a hint. He's naked <laughs> and slimy. And that is Dark Empire itself. Uh, we won't talk about that too much. However, if you want to learn more about my love for Dark Empire and why you should love it too, you should check out episode 11 of Legends Look Back. At least, maybe, that's the episode number um, where we talk about the first volume in that trilogy. Um, uh, Freddie, what else would you recommend in Legends with Palpatine? Uh, I would say 
Darth Plagueis was one of my top favorites. It's definitely in my top 10 books. Uh, it's, it's a long read and you have to be, you know, pretty committed to it, but it, it really fleshes out his background. You get to understand him and you, you really get to see how, how terrifying he actually is. The, the incredible thing is when the Phantom Menace first came out in theaters in 99, you've got this, all these posters with Darth Maul's devil face. And you're like, oh, whoever this Phantom Menace is, he looks awesome. Then you watch the movie and you find out the Phantom Menace was young Anakin. No, the Phantom Menace was, uh, was Palpatine all along, right? It was a double entendre. Okay. Um, but I'll say this much about uh, the Phantom Menace and, and Palpatine. Palpatine is also the Phantom Menace of Darth Plagueis. Because for a book named Darth Plagueis, it is mostly a book about Palpatine. Don't you think, Freddy? <laughs> it really is. <laughs> it's like a backdoor Palpatine origin story. Um, absolutely one of the best Legends books there ever was. Um, we've got it as one of our highest rated books on Utini.com. If you've read it, if you love it, uh, leave your review for it over on the site. Um, we'd love to hear your opinion on it. Um, there's a couple of others that um, are excellent in terms of what they say about Palpatine and his role in the story. Um, however, not necessarily Palpatine-centric, and they are both a part of the Dark Lord trilogy, Labyrinth of Evil, and the Revenge of the Sith novelization. Absolutely two of the, the best yeah. Legends books there ever were, don't you think, Freddie? Yeah, the, especially the Return of the Sith novelization is is in my top five, undoubtedly. Now, Meg, didn't you just reread uh, one of these? Is Meg reading one right now? Um... What am I reading right now? Uh, okay. <laughs> Aren't you reading Dark Lord, the, the Rise of Darth Vader? Yes, I am. It's been like a month. Okay. So, so like, yes. So you're reading yes, the one in this trilogy that I didn't mention. <laughs> yeah, that one. That's that's a real way to throw you for a loop, isn't it? <laughs> like, Meg, aren't you reading one of these books? Uh, am I? No, I'm not. What are you talking about? <laughs> so uh, F's in the chat for Meg. <laughs> For no. uh, me almost breaking her brain there. Um, Palpatine's got some great legend stories, and, and surprisingly few. Um, and they're all excellent reads, though. Now, you're not really going to get into any suboptimal Legends Palpatine stories, are you, Freddie? No, no that, that's not allowed. <laughs> Absolutely not allowed. Well, we've talked about the Legends characters. Uh, before we close out the show, we're going to talk a little bit about the, the uh, major locations from The Empire Strikes Back in Legends. Uh, the first location that appears in The Empire Strikes Back doesn't get a ton of material in Legends. You know, it doesn't appear in a ton of books outside of dozens of reference guides. I mean, it is in basically every Legends reference guide. Uh, but, Freddie, it's in basically every Star Wars video game ever. Most of them, of course, uh, get Legends cred. We're going to slap that Legends banner right across the top of these video games. Uh, so, Freddie, you're a little bit more of a gamer than I am. However, you know, I played, you know, most video games featuring Star Wars uh, that have come out before this decade. And by this decade, I mean, I mean, I do mean last decade. Okay. Um, <laughs> so, so what video game do you think had the best Hoth? Oh, this is tough. Um, oof. So, surprisingly, Star Wars Galaxies <laughs> did not have Hoth. Constantly, it was like a special uh, game that only was only around for like maybe like six months. But it was it was uh, nixed right after that. It, they didn't they didn't keep it around. I would have to say 
I'm pretty sure I played a video game where I used a cheat code to play as a uh, snow trooper. Or, uh, yes, a snow trooper. I would say, uh, what was it? It was uh, the PC version of Rogue Squadron. Oh, um, yeah, I think that the, the, the hot level in Rogue Squadron is excellent. You know, it's really good. Um, I, I especially liked the the Hoth on the the Empire Strikes Back Game Boy oh game. I remember gosh. trying to jump over uh, it's like a side scroller and, and you're riding on a Tauntaun and you're in some sort of a cave. So it's like in it's like a whole EU story within a Game Boy oh game. Oh my gosh, I forgot <laughs> and, about and, that. <laughs> incredibly hard. Um but uh, there's some great battle of Hoths. Uh, I like the one in Shadows of the Empire because it's it's linear. It's like you gotta destroy these probe droids and oh, you yeah. gotta take down these walkers and then um, so it's, it's fun in that regard. Let's not forget Basically, are you, oh man, absolutely. Now, which battlefront are you talking about? Uh, I'm talking about the original one. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Absolutely. Um, I remember spending countless hours just trying to defend the, those shield generators. Yeah. To field those, defend those shield generators. Well, um, Hoth doesn't get a ton in Legends books, but Dagobah gets a few special moments in Legends. Uh, one we've already talked about tonight is Heir to the Empire. Uh, one that has become incredibly relevant since our last episode is uh, Dagobah's appearance in the Anakin solo story, Junior Jedi Knight's Anakin's Quest. Now, do you know why this has become especially relevant <laughs> I, uh, for us in the last week, Freddie? I, mean, I don't. I've actually never read this, so it, it, I have well, no idea. Well, <laughs> in this book, uh, Anakin, Tahiri, and their little ferret Jedi Master, Ikrit, are going around to several different uh, locations across the galaxy, um, trying to, you know, get some sort of MacGuffin. I forget what it is. But in this one, they go to Dagobah, which is a ton of fun. Both Anakin and Tahiri have, like, trippy visions in the Force Cave, which is a really cool way to use that uh, plot device from The Empire Strikes Back to further their character development. But the best part about it is it's got those Macquarie spiders mm. that... Uh, spoiler alert for the most recent episode of The Mandalorian. All right, five, four, three, two, one. In um, in the most recent episode, they've got these Macquarie spiders, right, that came up again in, in Rebels. Well, they star prominently in Junior Jedi Knight's Anakin's Quest. And they are I've always known them as Dagobah spiders. What about you, Fred? Yeah, Dagobah spiders for sure. <laughs> and that comes, uh, one, from Macquarie's artwork, but two, from this weird little Legends book. And it's totally worth the read. You could read it in an hour, I bet if you really wanted to. Uh, Anakin Solo, of course, is many people's favorite Legends character and absolutely worth investing in. Um, Freddie, let me ask you this. On a, on a personal level, you know, I guess the idea of the Tree Cave is that it would, um, what, reveal to you your greatest fear? Or, or maybe that's the way that it's characterized in from, from a certain point of view. Uh, honestly, my continuity regarding the Force Cave is is convoluted in my head, just like Legends. So, so let me ask you this. What do you think you would see in the tree cave? Uh, what would your, your weird, <laughs> trippy force vision be, Freddy? Let us into the dark recesses of your consciousness. Hey, I, I, you know what? I would say a slimy, naked palps eating, uh, <laughs> just reaching in, in a bowl that uh, you, you can't see the bottom of it. You can't tell what's inside it, and you're just coming out with a bunch of wet noodles and just eating them. We're just getting into everything right now. Oh, Meg is going to quit. I mean, we've, we've only been on, what, three episodes? Yeah. And we're going to yeah, lose yeah. it. It was, it was great working with you guys. <laughs> you know. See you, Meg. Um, I, I got to say, it, I've got one recurring nightmare 
it, which always happens on Saturday nights. I got to get up to preach the next morning. Uh, the nightmare is always this. I get up to preach and I have no sermon and no pain. <laughs> so that's probably what would happen to me. A little different than what happens with Palpatine. Okay. Uh, for Palpatine, he's naked on purpose. For me, in my dream, I'm naked because it's like my greatest fear. Um, so, so that's probably what I would see in the tree cave. However, not especially Star Wars-y. So if you can think of a better answer, let me know. Uh, let us know, everybody. What's your greatest fear? And how can we exploit it to embarrass you for the rest of your life? Uh, in the Discord or in the chat here. Um, it's kind of an intriguing existential question, though, don't you think? What would you see in the tree cave? Um, so just read your copy of The Jedi Mind. Uh, take some time in solitude and then report back. Seriously, we want to know. Does it involve noodles? <laughs> and, and finally, the last major location from The Empire Strikes Back that gets a few shout-outs in Legends is Cloud City itself. Uh, we got one last game, Freddy, before we close out the episode. It's another one of these. Which of these never happened, okay? Which of these things never happened on Cloud City and Legends? And this was a fun one to come up with because the things that happened on Cloud City and Legends are amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Number one. Did Bail Organa lead a slave revolt on Cloud City? Number two, where's Eric? Somebody page Eric. Number two, did Starkiller battle a Gungan bounty hunter? <laughs> Number three, did a solo family member, um, was, was a solo family member other than Han ever frozen in carbonite in, uh, in Legends? D, were the solo twins, um, ever I'm messing up these questions. Did the Solo Twins ever encounter the daughter of Han's arch nemesis, Galandro, from the Brian Daly books? You know, the gunslinger, Galandro. And finally, number five, uh, did a hut ever win Cloud City from Lando in a card game? So which of these things never happened? Because four of them definitely, totally happened. Yeah. I know they all sound unbelievable. They do. That, that's the funny <laughs> but, thing, just hearing them. Hearing them. Hearing you say it, it, Meg, I'm going to ask you too. <laughs> Meg, I'm going to ask you too. So think about it. Uh, All right, Freddie, what's your I, guess? I'm going to say uh, my guess is number three because I know at least one, two, at least three of those five I I've clearly remember. Uh, the other two, uh, I would say three and four, I get a little confused, but I'm I'm almost positive they met. Uh, I forget her name, uh, the daughter of Galandro. They met her on, on yeah. Cloud City. So I'm going to go with number three. All right, so your your guess is number three, which is on my list um, that uh, a solo family member was frozen in carbonite. Okay, so what are your guesses? Everybody in the chat, let me know. And um, Meg, what's your guess? What do you think? Which of these is is um, least unbelievable? <laughs> uh, well, you think Skuma Joe says his guess is number two. That uh, there was no Gungan bounty hunter. Cheryl has it pretty straight. What do you think? <laughs> she has no idea. What does Cheryl say? Because... No friggin' clue. Yeah. <laughs> Legends is very crazy, for sure. Um, Meg, what do you think? Uh, I'll also go with number two. Well, that one definitely happened. Oh. So that happened in The Force Unleashed 2, where Galen Merrick or Starkiller, I don't know, it gets convoluted because there's a clone or maybe there's not a clone. It's It's left a little bit up in the air. Uh, he battled a Gungan bounty hunter on Cloud City because 2010 in Legends. Um, Bail Organa also led a slave revolt um, on Cloud City. I'm trying to remember what story that happened in. I think it's a short story, so uh, we'll have to call in Trevor 
on that. I definitely need to read that one. Pretty sure and, it was like um, sure Knots, right? Somebody somebody wrap uh, that legend story and mail it to Eric for the holidays, please. He would love it. Uh, uh, number three, another solo family member was frozen in carbonite. That actually happened in canon. Um, so that happened in in a canon story. I won't tell you what, so as not to spoil it, uh, or to tell you who. But that is canon now. And then uh, the other two on the list are also true in Legends, that the Solo Twins encounter the daughter of Hans, arch-nemesis Galandro, and that a hut won Cloud City from Lando in a game of cards. And, Freddie, I'll tell you this much about Cloud City. It's featured in Star Wars Galaxies, isn't yeah, it, it, my is. friend? They've got it in Star Wars <laughs> Galaxies. Oh, man. I I actually have no idea what Star Wars Galaxies even is. <laughs> is it a shooter? Is it a strategy game? It's an, it's an MMO it. game. Open world. You can have your own house. Any planet. Oh, that's cool. I might have to check that out. That sounds fun. Uh, I like building houses. I'm in the middle of trying to build one in Minecraft, but my two little kids keep trying to help me. I mean, mess it up. And, oh, it's difficult. So I won't let them play Star Wars Galaxies. I'll play that one with Freddy. Um, uh, I, I will say this much about uh, recommended Legends reading with Cloud City. Um, I would recommend checking out Force Unleashed 2. It's got some great Cloud City stuff. And then also Young Jedi Knights Trouble on Cloud City. Um, is the story where uh, Jason and Jaina encounter the daughter of um, of Han's arch nemesis. It's great because you've got like these two generational legend stories taking place on an original trilogy planet. It is just like at the peak of legends, don't you yeah. think? And I would say <laughs> it's like out of all art, uh, Macquarie's art of Cloud City was just beautiful. Oh, absolutely. I I need to get a big frame of that take down like the big piece of art that my wife painstakingly painted for three weeks and hung up in our living room i'll just replace it with cloud city uh don't tell my wife it'll be a christmas gift all right um as we close out the episode freddie one one final way to celebrate the empire strikes back what's your favorite moment your favorite quote what's your favorite thing about the empire strikes back let's celebrate this masterpiece of a film everybody in the chat let us know what's your favorite thing about empire uh, as we close it out i'll tell you mine um, I love this quote. All right, Lando's not a system; he's a man. That's a good one. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> isn't that amazing? That one, Meg, did just you... slides right past you every time you watch it. You're like, "Woof, <laughs> that was a good one." <laughs> it's but- buttery smooth. Yeah. Meg, did you notice that on Utini.com I changed the uh, the header quote on the Lando collection from the quote that was there to "Lando's not a system; he's a man." <laughs> I did, well, I didn't notice before, but I do now. Here's the question, everybody. Will Meg let me keep it up? That's the real question. Will it stay on the site? Uh, and uh, I also like when Yoda says, Wars not make one great. Um, I, I especially like that one. And I did the Yoda impression again. Nobody tell my wife. Okay, Freddie, what's your uh, what's your favorite uh, Empire Strikes Back moment? This deal's getting worse all the time. Uh, <laughs> definitely my favorite. <laughs> I, I think what what I liked about it the most was, was the uh, robot chicken take on it. Where every time something would happen, he just continually said, "This deal's getting worse every time." Uh, so oh. yeah, I, I I like that one a lot because you you see that Lando really tried to to save his friends despite you know him doing what he had to do. He had to do it. He had to do what he had to do, and uh, I liked seeing that part of him. And then uh, I think the one that I always wish I could say to somebody if I was mad without laughing is why you stuck up half-witted scruffy looking nerf herder. Uh, just, just imagine <laughs> being Carrie Fisher reading that. And you're just like, I have to say this. <laughs> she, she does great with yeah. it. I, I think I say this quote every single week. Um, 
in some form or fashion, I end up saying, who's scruffy looking? <laughs> you know, what's the context for it? I couldn't tell you. Next time it happens, I'll, I'll write it down and uh, report back on the show. Uh, how about you, Meg? You got a favorite Empire Strikes Back moment? Uh, in the chat, Cheryl says that uh, she loves the budding romance between Han and Leia, um, which, and, and the funny lines, of course, between the two of them, which absolutely, that's definitely true. Um, so, so, um, uh, what do you think, Meg? Uh, uh, Freddie, I've got to say, I've never seen the robot chicken Star Wars stuff, so I might have to check that out for, for next episode. Um, Meg, what's your favorite thing about Empire? Um, you know, I really, really enjoyed, um, Luke training with Yoda. Um, I mean, it's pretty iconic, but like, that's just my, that's the part that I enjoy watching the most. Um, it just, I don't know why. Um, but Mark Hamill gets all sweaty. There's snakes. Yeah. It's great. I mean, (laughs) Yoda's in a backpack. I also say, um, we would be honored if you would join us like way more often than, you'd think would be necessary yeah. but uh it makes it makes for a good thing to post on social media it for sure, sure does it was made for twitter um meg is it because you're a runner is that why you like that scene so much for me that's why i like it it's like hey luke is a runner uh sure <laughs> can you imagine trying to run with a jedi master on your back doing flips through the jungle <laughs> yeah i would definitely uh it would make your times go down on strava for sure um, well, this has been a ton of fun. If you want some related reading to check out more than we've been able to throw at you in this episode, we've got some great collections on Uchini.com. We've got collections centered around The Empire Strikes Back. Uh, hint, hint. I used it as a template for this episode. You know, we went beyond that, but uh, that's that was our starting point uh, as we were looking to celebrate this film because, honestly, we needed to delay another week because we were not ready for The Last Command Roundtable. And by we, I mean me because I got distracted with another book. Because Star Wars. <laughs> now you can also check out the collection. So, so that is to say, it's not Cheryl's fault. It was my fault. Um, we are looking forward to getting into that. Uh, in the meantime, you can do some reading up on Yoda, Lando, or even Boba Fett. We've got collections uh, on all of them on Uchini.com. As I mentioned, next week is going to be our two-part roundtable, kicking off with the Last Command and our incredible special guest. The, the hype is massive. I mean, the anticipation. For having Kirill come on the episode, the fact we delayed another week is just going to make it that much uh, more special, don't you think, Freddie? Absolutely. I can't wait. <laughs> and I've got to finish that book. Oh, my goodness. Because from a certain point of view, it's massive. I mean, it's just a big book. It, there's a lot to it. So uh, I'm going to have a lot of reading this weekend. Well, that does it for this week. Thank you, everybody, for joining us for Legend Slipback. Thanks especially to Meg, our producer, and Nathan, our video editor. Thank you also to our incredible patrons, uh, some of whom are with us right here in the chat tonight. Uh, thank you for making it possible for us to break out from behind the paywall and onto your phones. And now, of course, that we're live on Twitch, you can help us out by subscribing, either the old-fashioned way with Prime Gaming or just by uh, press or the old-fashioned way or by Prime Gaming. I'm clearly great at this Twitch stuff. Anyway, if you've got some feedback for us and want your question read on the show, leave us a voicemail. You can call this number, 508-686-1158. That's 508-686-1158. And, Freddie, we did get our first voicemail, which was especially exciting. My, uh, I saw that pop up, and I was like, what is this? Is this the thing? It's happening! It's <laughs> happening! Uh, pretty excited. Or you can email us, legendslookback at uchini.com. You can also join the Legends Look Back Discord channel and put your questions, thoughts, concerns, complaints there. Or you can find us on Twitter. I am at Jared Q. Mays. Freddie? At Diaper Guy Bounty Hunter. Uh, or wake up, Freddy. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's better than Spready Freddy. That was a rough one. 
And Meg is at Meg Dowell. See, why can't you just do it like Meg, Freddie? Why can't you just play by the rules? Just say the thing. She's on the queue. Oh my gosh. If you're looking to buy some of these books and want to help support the show, look up a book on Utini. Click the Amazon link in the profile and we'll get a few cents to help keep the lights on. Another way to help us out and show your love with Utini is by grabbing some swag from Teespring, including all new line of merch that we just announced. We've got long sleeve tees. We've got pocket tees. We've got things that are not even tees, such as zip-up hoodies. And because it's 2020, the coolest masks in the galaxy. Don't tell Revan, because, I mean, he's got a cool mask and everything. But Joxie's masks are better, don't you think? They're pretty amazing. Anyway, if you've read any of these books, head on over to Uteen.com and leave us a review. Let us know what you think. And in the meantime, remember to keep the Uteen fan code and be a force for positivity in the fandom. Good night, everybody, and may the force be with you. This is a Uteen broadcast.